voice is a little tired out. Um, I better get my glasses, Sean, just in case I need them. Um, are you blessed already? Are you just blessed? My heart is full. I'm just so blessed. But it isn't just about Jesus. I, I'm blessed and I'm grateful for all of you. I really am. I just love you all. And when I see your faces and I see the newer faces in our family, and when I don't see faces here that I love, that kind of makes my heart sad. But I'm so grateful that God ordained that we could be adopted into his family. Do you know what that means? We aren't orphans running about. We have some place to come that's home. We come into the living room of God every Sunday. It's here for us. This is the way he sees it. It's his living room. There's life here. I don't know where they got living room from, but it's true. This is more than a sanctuary. Yes, it is a sanctuary. It's a place that we can come. It's a tower of hope. It's a place of refuge that we can come and receive strength from one another. I love um, one of my one of my favorite holidays is Thanksgiving because it just means so much to me. How many of you love Thanksgiving too? I really do because it's just not all the hoopla of all the other stuff. But who? Well, some people don't like turkey, but most people like turkey. No, you know, I just mean it's just that joy, and just the word Thanksgiving, giving thanks. It just feels good. Uh, Jackie uh, told us this morning at the leadership meeting that there's actually endorphins that are released in our body when we give. And so I'm not prepping for an offering here. I'm just saying, whenever you give away something of you, it feels so good. A little card. If I can smile at someone out in the marketplace, if I can give a helpful hand, endorphins are released. I love it when I go next door to the food outreach after church uh, on Sundays, and Peggy tells me a story about who came in and what we got to load them up with. You know, yeah, just load them up with food and blessings and love. It all comes with that, with the love of God and his presence. So I'm grateful for you. And, and so this 21 days that, that the Lord spoke to Deb about uh, last week, she was so excited about it. I love it because it's just right on schedule, isn't it? In our hearts. We're closing up, you know, cleaning up the last of the leaves and things like that. And it's time to just set our hearts and thank God and thank one another. And let's remember to thank one another. You know, these things that get done here on Sunday morning, they don't just happen. I'm just so thankful for our sound team and our, and our worshipers and 
everybody, everybody that comes and works so hard to make the things happen and serve in the house of the Lord. I just am so grateful for it. So grateful. Um, so this is week one, and of our, of our, the power of gratefulness, isn't it? Of being grateful. Okay. Um, and I want to start us off with, I want to talk about the power of um, encouragement. Because if we aren't in the midst of being grateful, it's hard to encourage anybody, right? If you aren't feeling grateful, that just doesn't ooze out of your spirit. But when you're feeling grateful, you're just like infecting people. Encouragement, love, everything. So I do want to talk about this, though, because gathering together is one of our strengths, and I'm thankful that we can gather together. Uh, Right now, as we speak, someone is hiding. There are Christians hiding as they worship, as they gather today in the house of the Lord. I am grateful, and it's something we must stand up for, is our religious freedoms in America are being challenged all the day long, 24-7. But we must stand up for it in the name of the Lord, that we will hold on to this freedom We will give our lives for this freedom. Our men and women, our veterans, next week is Veterans Day. Um, They have given their lives for the freedom for us to gather, and I am so grateful for what they've done. And I just want to say it's not their job alone. It's our job. It's our job to protect freedom that we can gather and not have to be afraid. So life can be difficult. We just heard a testimony from my dear sister, uh, Elizabeth. She's been going through a hard time. Sometimes it gets confusing and sometimes it gets um, frustrating. But um, to know I have a place to go, come on. To know that I've got a place to go, when I can see you, and if I need a good cry or whatever it is I need, or if I need to be rude (laughs) because I'm so messed up, that you'll love me in spite of it. Do you know what I mean? You just take me down with a bear hug, whatever is necessary, and get the job done until I'm stable again. I just love it. And... um, You know, sometimes I get challenged. I mean, God does challenge us in our faith, and we're being challenged this week to to reach out to one another and encourage each other this way. So, Father, I just pray that you would bring us together, Lord, that you would, um, in a world that is filled with discouragement, Lord, let us find encouragement in your presence and in fellowship with one another every week and spur us on to love and good works. Our main scripture this week will be Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. I'll be reading that to you, but for those of you who are taking notes, Hebrews 10, 24 and verses 25. So we're starting this three-week series, The Power of Gratefulness. And now I'm departing from that to ask you a question. What do you guys know about solitary confinement? 
solitary confinement. Well, most of us kind of know what that's been like in the past year and a half because many of us spent, uh, we, we didn't spend Thanksgiving with anyone last year. It was really sad. It was really an emotional day for me. I had all the trimmings. I had everything ready, and no one could gather at my favorite holiday. I didn't get to see anyone. I made up special boxes, and I took them to the doorsteps after dinner. I, Lonnie and I, I said, Lonnie, we have to make a video and send it to all the kids, what we're doing. <laughs> and then we took leftovers and things like that. And they all had new experiences as well. Some, uh, my daughter-in-law learned how to cook her own first turkey and dressing and things like that. And she told me this year that she's, she's, she can bring anything I need because she's worked on that. Isn't that precious? But I'm talking solitary confinement. We know that, um, you did hear me right, solitary confinement is also sometimes called administrative segregation. That's what they call it in a prison. Solitary confinement, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. You see in the videos, we're slowing them in the slammer, we're putting them in solitary confinement. That's the ultimate of punishment. They're not going to like it. They will behave after they've had a few days of there. Solitary confinement, alone, darkness. Um, there's actually a study on this, and I would like to read you that report. It was from an article I found in uh, 2012, published by the American Psychological Association. And this is what they said. I'm just going to read it to you. Deprived of normal human interaction... Many segregated prisoners reportedly suffer from mental health problems, including anxiety, panic, insomnia, paranoia, aggression, and depression. It goes on to say that this article and this study they did is no surprise. It just makes common sense, right? But um, it says at the end of that uh, paragraph, it says, so much of what we do and who we are is rooted in a social context. God, when he first created Adam, he noticed he was having a little problem that it wasn't good for him to be alone. So he made Eve. We weren't meant to be all alone. And though some of us might be widowed, some of us might be single for the moment, our being able to have this family means, yes, we have God, but sometimes we need a tangible hand to hold, don't we? Sometimes somebody needs a shoulder to cry on, right? And we have one another. I am so grateful that he's designed it like this. So, so, so much is rooted in our social context. Um, but the adverse effects of isolation we impose on criminals. So I want you to think about that. 
for a moment, then my question, my next question is, with that in mind, um, how is it that so many of us are willing to choose that kind of lifestyle? Sometimes we are isolated. There are people that I know that are isolated. There are people that I love that aren't here today because they're isolating. They're just being by themselves. <laughs> they might feel so depressed that they just can't, they can't get here. But the way God has designed it is that we would not have to suffer like that. Amen? Now, um, encouragement is one of the things that we all need from time to time. And I want to read Hebrews um, 10, 24, and 25 now. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up on meeting together. I like that. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you say, see the day approaching. And what that means, see the day approaching is not like tomorrow. It's the day of the Lord approaching. The day of the return of Christ coming back. That's what they're talking about. And that's what we're talking about. And so all these, all these years ago, Paul wrote this and was teaching the people and speaking to our hearts. And let us consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, Deb didn't know this was part of the word today when she got together about being grateful and gathering together. But um, this is what we're doing. So notice that we encourage each other and spur one another on towards love and good deeds by gathering together. When we come in here and we gather together, we do that. So um, I want you to think of times that we've done that before. Or just think about your favorite sports team or something. You know, you get in the stadiums. Everybody's spurring the team on. They hear everybody calling their names. When it's their turn, make the run, 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 make the touchdown, touchdown. Okay. I mean, you know, basket, score, yeah, dunk one. We're spurring them on to, to win, to win the race of life and uh, in their game at the time. And what are other things that you can think of? Um, well, I'm thinking, too, of uh, when we got together at the CCC last month. And we all got together. And we worked on that thing. And we did that outreach there. And we touched the community. And we were grateful. But not only did we touch the community, we, we touched one another with our joy, our love. We built more. Everybody's going, yes. And you got big smiles on your face. We had some good food. Uh, you know, we were fed, we were nurtured, and yet we really gathered to do that for the community. And at the same time, while we were laboring in the, the good works of the Lord, and we spurred one another on, like, I need you, and we encouraged each other. If somebody was tired, I just love the way the Lord has worked this out. I want to tell you what uh, the word spur defined means. It means incitement to good. Incitement to good. Or it has an opposite meaning, a dispute in anger or contention. So I just want to focus on the spur 
onward to good deeds, as Paul was talking to us about. But have you ever seen a cowboy spur? You've seen the old westerns, and the cowboy gives the spur to the horse. And what does that do? It gets it moving. That's spurring one another on. Let's get moving. Let's move beyond this point. And if we're in a dark place, if we spur another, uh, one another on, you know, that's what's going on in this passage, that we're, spur- that we're, we're encouraging one another. Amen? I'm loving it. Um, so as we do that, people are drawn back to him. So it's easy to get discouraged when we're journeying alone or we have a burden that's getting too heavy for us to carry. We need a friend to carry it. Nice to see you, Belinda. I'm happy you're here today. I just want to say, don't give up. Don't give up. Please, don't give up. Life is a marathon. It's not a 200-meter dash. It's not like from here to the end of the driveway. There are long stretches at times of really wonderful things. And then we might hit a stretch that is like filled with potholes and uh, the road seems to get washed out from under you or the bridge is gone. There's detours in life. So it's easy to become complacent, get confused, disillusioned. The first thing when things go bad, we're like, what did I do wrong? You know, all this kind of stuff. It isn't even about that. Sometimes trials and tribulations come, and nobody did anything wrong. Uh, I don't know why we always think that. But I just want to say, the cycle of life repeats itself over and over again. And, um, you know, don't give up. You're not alone. Thank you for being here. King David said, weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. That's Psalm 30, verse 5. He was well acquainted with adversity, sadness, isolation, uh, wars, uh, death, uh, all sorts of things, sin in his own life and dealing with his own issues. And here here we go. Praise the Lord. Grab those names in that basket. Um, So Debbie was talking earlier. She said it takes 21 days to create a new habit, or break an old habit. Um, Actually, there are all sorts of myths about it. If you Google it today, you'll find out it's around the world on how how we break habits. Some are tougher to break than others. Some can be changed in a matter of three days, but uh, most, at least, you're starting to get the hang of it in 21 days, and some habits take 254 days. I looked it up. And who knows if that's correct, but it's variable. But the first day you start to break one is amen to that. And set a, a break a bad habit and create a new one. And I know that most of you here today are in the habit of gathering together to encourage one another. And it makes me feel so good when you do, because I'm blessed by you. You may not even say a word to me that day, but seeing your face and seeing you here touches my heart. I can't tell you anything else. It does. And I notice when you're not here, you aren't forgotten. But the greatest thing um, I want to say about um, Hebrews is saying something. Some people have made it a custom to come to church and gather every week. It's just part of their life. We don't think about it. It's like I brush my teeth every day. 
I'm going to church on Sunday. I, I don't I don't schedule anything else now. I, it's just not, it's like where else would I be but the house of the Lord? I'm going to be with my family. I'm meeting up with my family at the house of the Lord. So it is who we are as believers. That's what Paul was trying to say. It's who we are. It's what we do. And it's just not in our nature. It's part of our nature. As our nature gets changed and we become new creations in Christ and he begins to create new rhythms in our lives, it's a new rhythm that we get. We just get in this rhythm of doing this. And this is not, and I don't want to say it's a rut, it's a rhythm. It's, we all, how blessed it is for us to go to the house of the Lord in unity. I mean, God is blessed by that. So we gather because it's really who we are. And when adversity comes to our doorstep, um, if we're confused, frustrated, whatever our issues are, we, I go to church. I go to church. If I tell Lonnie I don't want to go to church, he goes, yeah, you're going to church. Come on, Kathy, you're, you're, you're coming with Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only reason I'm not here is if I've got an other issue that can't, I can't come to church, and you wouldn't want to have something that I might have or something like that. But <clears throat> it's what we do. Everybody say, it's what we do. It is what we do. And we join with others, and we spur one another on to, towards love and good deeds and other things. It's because of who we are. And I just want to say, I'm so, again, I'm so grateful for our gathering. So this is what we want to do. We want to do more and not less. It's our nature. Now, um, if it's part of our nature to gather together, it makes sense why Hebrews says we should do it all the more as we see the day approaching. There's stuff that's going to be happening as I close here today. We should do it all the more. We need more encouragement, not less. We need more spurring on to love and work, good works and deeds, as he was talking. We need more of the bride of Christ and not less. Amen? I need more of you. I need more of him. I need more of you. And it's really important. Um, Lonnie looks forward to times when he's meeting with somebody during the week. It's a break in his office hours, being glued to the desk. Uh, in the office doing administrative work. He looks forward to that break because you might be meeting with him for yourself or something going on in your life, but he's really getting met during the process, right? I love it because Deb, um, Deb in back, she, she takes people out. She takes them to new places. She's like, she's like my butterfly. She's my little social butterfly. Here, she's the resident butterfly that gets people out of their ruts, gets them out of their darkness, gets them out of regular routines, and to notice new things. I love it. She does that to me because I'm working. It's easy for me to work, 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 and never stop. And they take me to new places. I've been here for all these years, and I've never even seen places. And they take us, and they feed us, and bless us, and... We just have fun and we have fellowship. See, that's what we need. That's what Deb is talking about. That's what we can do during this 21 days, really spur one another, 
one another on. I loved her idea about random acts of kindness. I mean, you can just send a car, a, not, a card, anonymous. Who doesn't like that? I even like it more. I remember uh, if Kevin Farnsworth was here. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm not talking about this to bring attention to myself, but this is something that Lonnie and my family used to do for Christmas. Um, when Lonnie was um, working for the post office and he was a mail carrier, downtown White River and all the neighborhood and all the people that lived down there and the businesses. And he would know which families were really hurting. Those little kids would come to the door and he'd meet them and bless, lay his hands on their heads and be that source of encouragement every single day. And to the families hurting that didn't have any things. And single people, little old ladies. There was one, I don't know if it's in the rules book, but she would say, uh, sometimes his nickname was Smiley. Do you know what a smile does? I'm telling you, there isn't hardly a time that we go out that goes, oh, there's my old mailman. <laughs> they, don't, they don't talk really about him being a pastor or anything he's done in the last 30, 40 years. But, oh, he used to be, oh, this, is, this used to be, you know, I don't even know if they know his name. In some cases, this used to be our mailman. And so each year, uh, we would pray about it, and we would pick up, we would choose a family that we were going to anonymously bless that really needed a hand up. And sometimes they weren't necessarily homeless. Do you know? It was somebody who was working so hard, and he knew it was not going to be easy. And so we would get things, and we'd get the ages. We'd get um, whether they boys or girls. We'd buy, and we'd wrap up all these presents, and the day would come. We would do it about two days before Christmas so they, you know, didn't go out and spend their last dollar on food. But it was food and it was gifts and it was a whole Merry Christmas. And we would call a taxi driver and have them come. And the deal was they would, that was their fare. We'd fill up the taxi with all of this and we would send them. And we would tell them they had to swear they would never say where this came from, okay? And, um, well, we didn't know Kevin. That was the first time. Kevin was a taxi driver at that time, and he came, and that's how we met Kevin. Many, many years ago when my kids were just young and small. See, when you're looking, when you're looking for a way to bless someone, God will give you creative ideas. And out of that one came a lifetime relationship with a man who loved. It just ignited him. He was going to another church at that time, praise the Lord. He didn't know anything about us. But I actually, I think this was even before we started the church here, uh, founded this church here. And... Um, before long, Kevin just couldn't stay away. He loved what we were doing, and he got the idea. He says, I'm going to do this myself. And, you know, don't you love it? I miss him so much. We're not going to have Kevin's fudge this Thanksgiving, folks. You're going to have to make your own. If anybody likes to make fudge, you can always just a little small portion, a few pieces for Pastor and I. <laughs> but I'm, I miss him. And that heart, 
That's what Deb is talking about. If we are grateful to God, it will ooze out of us in touching one another's lives. And you can send a card, phone call, I don't know, tie a big red bow on their tree out front anonymously. <laughs> you know, just something. Set a little something on their doorstep and run, and they'll find it the next day in the depths of dark. You know, come up with your ideas because they will be creative. You might send something over in a taxi. I don't know. And get, get us another uh, person involved like that. But that's what we're talking about, the love of family here. It's so unbelievably important for us to commit to meeting with one another. Um, in, in many cases, it's a matter of life and death. How many of us know of someone, or personally, or a family, who has lost a loved one, who has been in dark depression, and has committed suicide? Come on. Many of us. On our watch, if there's anything we can do, we need to keep our eyes open and take advantage of every opportunity we have to go out into the field that is white for harvest, not only with ourselves. I'm not talking about we just do this here. This is something to encourage and spur one another on. Paul is talking, do this with Christians, but we can take this outside the doors. You could take this to the workplace. You can adopt more than one name. This is for here, but spread the love, just like you spread the butter and the jelly on your toast. Lonnie's saying, Kath, where's that strawberry jam you made this summer? Oh, I'm going to get it out for you. Finish that jar first. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm talking about. Bake some cookies. These poor people on the street that have been here for months interrupting your day with all the trying to get to church and the rough roads, uh, part of the crew just finished last Friday. And somebody made them cookies in the middle of their busy day with, as if they didn't have enough to do. Somebody baked them cookies and gave, took it out, gave them to one, said, will you share this with the other guys? And they did. And they were so blessed because people are trying to run them over. People are mad because they've been sitting there like, what is this? This is, do you see what I mean? It's just like, I'm going to be late. And all of that, and that's what they get. And somebody brought them cookies. Do you see what you can do to change a life? It doesn't take much. You have a wealth of goodness inside of you. So that is my word of encouragement to you today as we launch this, the first week of this, of the power of gratefulness. It will ooze out of you. It will ooze out of you. So out of two things, two things I want to ask you after we do is one, that you will commit. You will commit to fellowship. Commit to fellowship. Don't let yourself be isolated. That's where the enemy, yeah. The devil is out there looking for someone. He's prowling about. 
<clears throat> he doesn't usually like crowds. <laughs> he likes to isolate you and get you off one so he can nail you. So commit to that. And I want you, again, as Deb said, commit to praying and loving and encouraging one another today. And I know we're going to do this for 21 days. And I say, let's just keep it going, all right? Let's keep it going. Have you got something you want to share, sister? Okay. So thank you again. Thank you. Um, she wanted me to pray over the offering today and because I talked about endorphins. Oh, that's right. So I was looking, I was looking, I was researching, um, and I found this website, and it says, Happiness Chemicals. Isn't God good? God is so good that he put chemicals in our body. Okay, there's four of them. The first one is serotonin. Anybody hear about serotonin? What does serotonin do? <laughs> um, it's associated with the satisfaction and our optimism and, you know, it has a role in our physical health. You know, when we're happy, happy heart does the heart good, right? Happy. Um, presence of serotonin in the body influences everything from the quality of our sleep to our appetite. Um, low serotonin has been linked to reduced immune system function. Okay? It also has a range of mental illness such as depression, anxiety, ODC. Or CDO, right? CDO. <laughs> Most people say OCD, but if you're really OCD, then it's CDO. <laughs> um, the second one is dopamine. Anybody hear of dopamine? Okay. It is the reward or the pleasure chemical. So when you do something good, you give away something, you're, you know, you feel good because you're being rewarded by God for giving, right? So it feels good to give. Who all here is the givers? Every one of us, that's right. Everybody's hand went up. We love to give. Who likes to get? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Um, let's see. It acts across several areas of the brain, therefore, an effect may be different functions as memory, learning, behavior, and movement. Isn't that really cool? And then a third one is endorphins. They are the natural pain relievers and mood boosters. All right? So if you're down, laugh. Laugh. Find a good joke. No? What's the joke in the bulletin today? It's a knock-knock joke. Knock-knock. Yeah. <laughs> or call Steve. Interact. That's another one. We're getting to the... What is it? Knock-knock, who's there? Knock-knock, who's there? You know. You know who. You know I love you. <laughs> That just released some endorphins in you. 
you know. Uh, let's see. It says to eat. Who likes to eat chocolate? Chocolate. <laughs> Who likes chocolate? Sean. Sean likes chocolate, so if you get Sean's name, you know, just stick a little chocolate on his. <laughs> it says endorphins act directly on the brain's opioid receptors and therefore reduces the pain, the feeling of pain. God is so good. He gives us natural opioids. <laughs> we can get high on God. Right? Who needs this synthetic thing that Satan has thrown at us and has taken over the world? We need to take over the world with what God has given us. Ooh, sorry. Let me get back to... <laughs> um, and the fourth one is oxytocin. It is the happiness chemical that helps us feel loved and connected to others. Oxy, uh, oxytocin. Oxytocin, sorry, oxytocin is known as the love chemical as it's released during human-to-human -human contact, such as hugging and kissing. Isn't that like, yes, you can have intimate relationships with your spouse, but we can have, why do we hug each other when we, why do we, God says to greet each other with a brotherly kiss. You know, Why? Why? Because he put this in us to make us feel loved and not isolated. No. Or, yeah, a hugging line. You know, so as you go out to, <laughs> well, hug yourself, yes, but human to human. Like, <laughs> um. So there are some other ways, you know, how to boost your levels. You can, you know, hugging, you know, eating a healthy meal, exercising, everybody. Fellowship. That's why we love to get together and eat together. Because as we're eating and we're having human interaction, somebody's going to be 55 over here. I don't know who, but. So that's, you know. God is so good. He is so good. So as this is our 21 day of giving, gratitude. All right. Well, I'm going to start a new one. 21 days of giving. <laughs> Part of it. We're going we're gonna to link them together. So, yes. So we're going to give. And give, well, we don't give... It is. It, it, it makes, it, but it makes God so happy, you know. And when we're making God happy, we are happy, right? Because our focus is on Him. Our focus is on me giving to you. My focus is not on what am I going to get from you, right? Because when we get into, oh, what am I going to get? Well, they didn't give me anything. That, what does that do for us? That puts us down. So, yeah, we don't need that. We don't need that. We need to, I know a lot of you are givers, and I know a lot of you are happy. So, Jesus, we just ask you right now to, for more serotonin, 
more oxytocin, more endorphins, and more dopamine, Lord. As we give, as we touch, as we bless, we're going to be happy, Lord, that we can rejoice, we can praise. Lord, as we, I'm going to hold up the offering, as we come in and, and give to you, Lord, that we would be filled, overflowing, pressed down. It's just going to ooze off of us, and people are going to want to know in this, you know, they're so down. They're going to want to know what's in us. We're going to say, we have our own serotonin. (laughs) We have the giver. We have the giver of life. In Jesus' name. Yeah, hi, Sean. Um, It looks like everybody was off, but he did. He says, bless you. He's so thankful. It was during worship, and he was like, just thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this body that you have given me, this family. He's in Florida, um, but he gets on every Sunday, and he says, thank you. Thank you. He does want us to pray for his daughter, Michaela. I guess she's not doing. Lord, we just touch Michaela right now in Jesus' name. There's no distance in the spirit. We lay hands on her. We say, bless her, Lord. Heal her body and whatever ails her, Lord. We bind every spirit of infirmity over her. And, Lord, let this be her testimony that her family in Vermont love her so much and you love her so much that she is healed in Jesus' name. Amen. We're still on? Huh? We're still on? Then praise the Lord. Then let's keep it on. I just wanted to say hi. Thank you for doing that. Uh, for Jerome and Dorcas, we got an, uh, an email from them. And Jerome, I just want you to know that I haven't forgotten you, but I'm going to get a hold of you this coming week. So bless you. So everyone that has been listening to this morning, this place of gratitude, recognizing the very things that God has allowed us to be to one another. The thing that stood out, I just want you to remember this, that we have all been adopted. We're all on the same level. We're all in the same place. And how gracious God is and how loving he is. We all have a place, a home to come to. We have a heavenly father that takes care of all the things that are important to him and to us because he knows the desires of our heart because he's placed many of those things there. So for all of you that have been part of this this morning, blessings to all of you. And we're going to take communion now this morning. So in Jesus' name.